And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Compa Time. The world is on fire. Every city is looting, rioting. These are the times we're living in. Mm-hmm. It's where you gotta you gotta stay at home, be at home by nine, or else they're gonna put you in jail. They're gonna lock you up. Is it a surprise though? No. Is anyone uh, really surprised? I know this was gonna happen. Auntie as Lori far as play. like the the looting and stuff, <laughs> the rioting, the looting, oh, protesting. I thought the, I thought the curfew. <laughs> the protesting, no, not at all. But I think like the looting part and the rioting part was a little bit more of a surprise to me, especially like the extent it went in in Minneapolis. Here in Chicago, like not so much, but right. And like other cities, tampoco like it was that bad, but like. What happened in Minneapolis where they were burning like whole city blocks down? Yeah. Shit, Same crazy. thing happened after um, Ferguson. Who, who was it? Yeah, Ferguson. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. Which is why I'm not surprised. It was just a matter of time for me. Let's let's recap because the last episode that we left on, uh, we left on a kind of a sour note, right? We were talking about have any of us ever experienced uh, racism, right, mm-hmm. or discrimination? Mm-hmm. And mind you, this was a few days before. It was recorded a few days before um, this whole incident with uh, George Floyd. George Floyd, right? So it was co- completely coincidence at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we all talked about how uh, whether we were or were not discriminated against. And you know, after we left the podcast, besides opening up old wounds, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I it got to thinking and. And then I, I remembered that I was constantly discriminated, but I had just grown numb to it. Accustomed. I had grown accustomed and just numb to the whole situation. And I'm referring to I was always racially profiled. Uh, being as a young kid, I would always go to the suburbs. For some reason, I never stayed in the city or I never stayed uh, like in my neighborhood like me and my friends used to always love the furthest away we can we could go whether it was bowling to the movies like the furthest away to a white suburb that we can go we would go just to you know just to show up as like oh look a bunch of mexicans in a white neighborhood like it was just that whole purpose so we were always in crestwood we were always in bolingbrook we were always in you know schomburg or you name it we were all over the place and i can always remember young kid with a Brand new car, fixed up, paint job, rims, sound system, neon lights, like the whole works. It was always souped up. And I was always constantly getting pulled over. Constantly. Every weekend, I'd get pulled over. And it wasn't just one squad car. It was one squad car pulled me over, and they waited for about 5, 10 minutes in the car until backup arrived. And the next thing you know, three or four squad cars like would pull up. And then they'd get off and, and you know question me. It got to a point where... This was a normal for me. Like, this was just something that happened every weekend. Now, my friends even fucking like busted my balls. Like, oh, you're going to get pulled over today or whatever. Ha, ha, ha. We laughed about it. Um, but it got to a point where it became a routine. And uh, I kind of already anticipated it. So it, it got to a point where as soon as I get pulled over, I'd roll all my windows down because, of course, they were limo tinted. <laughs> which gave him another reason, right? Another reason. <laughs> nice ass car with little tint windows. Yeah. So I had, I got, you know, rolled my win, all my windows down. Already had my license, my registration, insurance, already in hand. Um, and like th- this was the norm. This was the norm for me. And and 
like I said, I completely blacked it out until you like you brought up the whole subject, and it's like, wait, I really was being racially profiled because I'm pretty sure if this was a, a a white kid, you know, he would have been on his jolly old way to wherever the hell he was going, but because they saw a Mexican or several Mexicans, right, just rolling <laughs> in a car, they always thought we were up to no good or, you know, we're drug dealers or or whatever the case may be. And, um, yeah, so it, it, I think we I've just become numb. I was just numb at that point to the whole being racially profiled, being discriminated. Now it's not even, and, and that's just being pulled over on a routine traffic stop just for no reason just being pulled over obviously they were never assholes one time they were but i mean you can't really blame everyone for for the actions of one police officer now i could only imagine fast forward 13 15 years and the extent to which these routine traffic stops go to and to the extent of the discrimination that most African-Americans go through on a daily basis, my shit does not even compare. Like, mm -hmm. it's it's nothing. It's really, like, you know, it's minimal to the amount of oppression and discrimination that most of these people go through. And it, I got to thinking, like, nothing is ever going to change. And I truly do believe that Actions speak louder than words. They say, oh, yeah, you have rights as a U.S. citizen, but they don't really show it, right? Uh, everyone has the right to shut the fuck up, basically. When it comes down to a traffic routine stop, just shut up, comply, be submissive. And if you dare even speak out, especially if you're a minority, you get the full force of the law thrown on you or in this case, it was on your neck. And it just, it baffles me. But I'm also not surprised, which is why I say, oh, I'm not surprised. It was a matter of time because, honestly, I do feel like, especially, most importantly, the African-American community just have has had enough. Like, enough is enough. There's They've come to a point where they can't talk anymore. Talk, the, the, the peaceful, you know, the peaceful, the peace talks. Are not working obviously because they've they've tried it with Colin Kaepernick, you know, taking a knee during the national anthem. That didn't work for them. They were still being, you know, I believe he was called a, a traitorous son of a bitch by the president himself because he took a knee for you know the national during the national anthem, and they're so fed up with you know everything that's been going on for years. I mean, we're talking about I can't even. I'm not even going to go far back, but let's go back to the Rodney King protest. You know, the yeah. Rodney King beating in L.A. And uh, again, they rioted, they looted, they burnt half of the city down. But yet nothing has changed. You fast forward 20 years, nothing has really changed. There's still cases of... Wasn't that 40 years ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was in the 80s. Yeah, 40 years. Holy shit, 40 years ago. There you go. Mm -hmm. and nothing has changed yet so this whole looting rioting protesting it's a double-edged sword I, I, in my opinion because at one end you want to speak you want to you know you want your voice heard basically and 
I feel like most people don't know another outlet. Like they, they, they've gotten to a point where they don't know what else to do. They got into a point where they they can't talk anymore. Talking talking solves nothing. And this is why I said, I believe it was in a previous podcast. I forgot which one. But I said, we're trying to be civil in an uncivilized society. And, and, and maybe I'm going around in circles here. But that's that's kind of why I feel like we're... N- I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised about the protests at all. I'm not surprised about the looting. And even though the looting has nothing to do with the protesting Mm -hmm. like this is basically a a group of individuals just looking for an excuse to just cause ruckus and mayhem and just destruction but part of me also feels like it's the only solution Mm -hmm. well i think it's what what do you guys think i think it's um for me (coughs) it's the first time in my lifetime that something like this has happened to the scale where it's across multiple cities. Because like when Ferguson happened, right, that was centrally located in Missouri, in Ferguson, Missouri. Um, of course, there was demonstrations and protests and everything else throughout the entire country in Chicago and L.A. and New York and everything else. And then when you go back to Eric Gardner, uh, mm-hmm. when that happened... Um, also same thing, there was movements and protests. And then when you go with Sandra Bland, then when you go back to, uh, Ahmed Arbery, like it's the list goes on and on. Um, and I think that every single time there's always been a movement of, okay, you know, we're going to march, we're going to protest, we're going to march, we're going to protest, we're going to silently protest. And like you said, there's only so much a person or a group can take by being ignored until they hit a breaking point. Right. Until they're like, you know what? This is too much. We've gone through this past. This is the third case in the past month where an arm, unarmed black person has died at the hands of uh, a white person. Mm-hmm. In th- two of those cases, it was um, people of um, not police. What do they call police? It's um, law enforcement. Two of those cases, it was law enforcement. One case, it was someone who was affiliated with law enforcement, and. In the times that we're living, you know, global pandemic, unemployment's at 20%. Um, people are stuck at home and they're anxious. They have cabin fever. I think this was a match that fell in the middle of a dry forest. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and I think that it was something that was not bound to happen, but you can't really expect anything else to happen. No. And it's it's troubling for me and you know i think it's something that obviously we weren't expecting but it's something that you can't expect not to happen you know i think martin luther king said a riot is the language of the unheard and it's true you know it's this this group of people these these people of color who are brothers and sisters who see their brothers get shot and killed their fathers get shot and killed. Their family members get shot and killed. And they have to think, who's next? What's next? Am I next? And to me, it was, you know, when I when I saw the video and when I see George Floyd, I don't see necessarily a black man. I see a human. I see a person of color. I see someone crying for his mother. 
I see everything else besides a black man. Because to me, yeah. in that moment, he's it's it's it doesn't matter to me that he's black, white, yellow, orange, purple. He's a human being who needs help. Yeah. And the system that we had in place to help him failed him. And it's failed so many others like him. And it's failed so many others like us. So I think that we do have to come together as you know, people of color to, to kind of demand and, and voice our opinions about what's going on. And when you do that and change isn't happened, right? You said Rodney King was 40 years ago. You know, Martin Luther King was, what, 70 years ago. Yeah. You know, how much longer is it going to take until voices are heard? And at the beginning of, uh, of the civil rights movement, when it was Martin Luther King, it was primarily, you know, African-Americans, right? There weren't a lot of Hispanics. There was some white people support or some white support, but it wasn't like it was a mixed movement. You look today at the the movement, the genuine movement of protesting in the various cities. It's a mix. It's a mixed class of everyone. It's not just African Americans. It's uh, young white Americans. It's Hispanics. It's Latin exes. It's everyone, because everyone is realizing that you need this to stop and we need to have some semblance of peace and being heard and you know i think for our instagram post when i put you know choose the change i genuinely believe that i do believe that you know you do have the power to choose the change around you and i understand the thoughts out of okay well my relative just got murdered by the police i'm not thinking about voting I get it, you know, you have to express that anger and you have to express that resentment and you have to express that grief and no one in this world can fault you for expressing that. But I think if we want to stop this cycle, you have to change the individuals who are at power. And, you know, we were having this discussion earlier. It's like the same people who are in power in the system that have failed people of color for so many years are still in power, you know. That administration doesn't change with the presidency. You know, it's local elections, it's local governments, and those things are typically in the same hands since, you know, the 70s. So we are going to be the generation of change, you know? Twitter fingers, Instagram posts, Facebook posts, all these cool things. Yeah, everyone's in the street right now marching and rioting and everything else. Everyone who's there should be voting. Everyone who's there should be doing the census. Everyone who's there should be putting their opinion and also giving power to those that can't vote. Because there's people in this country who can't vote. Yeah. There's people in this country who are underrepresented. And there's, there's people in jail. People in jail don't vote. You know, they, they, they obviously they, they did a crime. They got locked up. But sometimes the crime that people committed are fuck, uh, is BS, right? right yeah. Marijuana possession, this or that. I mean, you need to voice your opinion and you need to change like killer mike said yesterday when he was talking at atlanta right there won't be change unless you make it and that's true and there's various ways to make change you can burn the system to the ground like people think that they're trying to do now or you can change the system like people like aoc are doing or ilhan omar or even chuy garcia here in illinois like it doesn't have to be such a drastic burn everything to the ground it can be if we want to vote, if we want to fix it, we have to vote. And the sad truth, and this is the sad truth, is we don't understand, as people of color, the power that we hold in the electoral pool. If we voted, right now, people of color, in the last election, 2016, I believe, don't quote me, was 22% of us voted. 
22 fucking percent. White people and people over the age of 40, I believe, was closer to 60 percent. You are telling me that the electoral pool of us, only 22 percent voted. Bro, like that's some bullshit. Honestly, how are you going to come and tell me that you want change and you want the system and all these things that you should, you should want the system changed to our benefit so that, you know, it wasn't George Floyd this week and it's not Juan Hernandez next week and it's not Muhammad something else the week after that, right? So you can change the system, but you don't want to put in the work and, and you don't want to not be in the streets, but go out and vote and tell your friends to vote and have your family vote and advocate for everyone to be registered to to be that change. That's, that's what pisses me off. And then like... The other thing with this rioting, you know, obviously when people are unheard, they have to express and they have to let go of that anger and rioting is, is something that happens and I get it. But if you're going to riot and you're going to destroy, why are you going to destroy your own neighborhoods? Why are you going to destroy your own places? Yeah. Why are you going to destroy your own corner stores? Yeah. It's like you want to go destroy the bank or you want to go destroy the police station or the precinct. That's fine. I understand I you, agree. but... In Minneapolis, they burned down a small business, a small restaurant that was down the street from the, 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 the third precinct of Minneapolis PD, right? Mm-hmm. What did they do and why did they deserve it, right? They burned down the liquor store across the street. Yeah. What did they do and why did they deserve it? Like you, you don't have to take out your anger on everyone because everyone isn't part of the problem here, right? right? Yeah. Why are you going to break windows for the community that you built and that people are trying to help in that community? I think people also don't realize like most of the businesses that you see in your world are not owned by some giant corporation. All the gas stations that you see in your neighborhood are owned by people, people in your neighborhood. They're all franchises. Mm -hmm. This is not like this, this giant shell, shell BP, all these other oil companies own zero gas stations in the entire country. They literally own not a single gas station. Every single one is independently owned by an independent operator. Subway, fucking Dunkin' Donuts, everything else. You think these are large brands, but these are actual business owners, immigrants, local people who scrapped up twenty, forty, sixty, eighty thousand dollars their whole life savings to open their business and you're gonna come and burn it down because of a racist police officer? Like yeah. it's it doesn't make sense. And I see rioting and I see looting today. And I see people breaking into the Gucci store and breaking into the Dior store and breaking into the Louis store. Yeah. Like, I see that and I'm like, okay, fine. Every riot, every situation like this, there's going to be people who take advantage of it to do maldades, right? That's they're going to be. They're going to take advantage of yeah. it to do some bullshit that they wanted to do because they wanted free stuff and do that. And if you want to do that for those giant corporations, be my guest. They have insurance, they have business insurance, they have property insurance. They have enough money to to cover their their uh, their costs to bring it back operating and everything else. Do you have enough money for the deductible? Fine, but why are you attacking small businesses in your community? Like I saw in Baltimore, I think last night, there's literally a small business that helps youths endangered that come out of the system and finds them jobs and everything else, and they broke in and destroyed that place. Like, it's like. Bro, I I understand, but I also need, I also feel like we need to come together and make a decision. Okay, if you see a problem with the system, you should attack the system. But you shouldn't attack people who are trying to 
excel in the system for your benefit so that they can help their community. That's my point. And yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Um, just yesterday, I saw a video of this. Uh, I, I forgot what city it was in, but there was, it was a, uh, an African-American small business owner. And he yeah. was basically just, he was, he was in tears. He yeah. was in tears because his business was set on fire. And he's over here yelling at the protesters, like, why? Like, what did I do? Like, I'm I'm you. I'm trying yeah. to make it, you know, in our neighborhood. Like, why would you burn my business down? And literally, guy that just screaming at all the protesters in, in, in tears. And, and it really got to me. And it's like, why? Seriously, like, why? If you want to make a statement, you want to make a point, fine. Burn the fucking police precinct down. Burn these large corporations down. But why burn your 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 neighbor your brother you know your your friends business down it makes no sense to me um so yeah i completely agree with you and and also i wanted to ask you because you said like voting voting is 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 the change that we need okay what would you say to the people that face voter suppression because they go out and vote yeah they go out and vote. They go out and vote in numbers, and it's and it always happens to the minority because we're in a system that is systematically placed to, to oppress the minorities. And they even though they go out and vote, their vote gets either not counted, it gets lost, or the, the, they give them crappy ass machines. So like I I understand where you're coming from. Where hey, go out and vote because vote is the change that we need. But some of these communities have been oppressed and are continue to oppress. Well, will be continued to be oppressed. Because of, like you said, the the people in power mm-hmm. want to keep the power, and they're not gonna l- just give it up that easily. So, what would you, what would you be your solution in that scenario? I think it'd be similar to what Stacey Abrams is doing in Georgia and a lot of the Southeast. Is she started a, a an organization for that to combat voter suppression, where they have a very clear guideline of okay, this is your voting place, this is what time it's open, this is the ballot, this is how it should look. If you are someone who needs help, we will take you. We will, there's volunteers and systems, and I think that, you know, a lot to, a lot of what voter suppression is is misinformation, right? It's where you can vote, where you can't vote, what you need to vote, what kind of form of IDs you need. And it's, it's all kind of BS of the party who's in charge. Typically, right. in that party is, is, is uh, a right-wing party, let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the way, that, the way that you combat voter suppression is by coming together and organizing as a community and organizing and helping your family understand what it is. Because... Voter suppression was a lot more prevalent and active and and, and useful or not useful, successful uh, without the internet. Now that the fact that you have companies that are putting billions of dollars of trying to help people find out where their polling place is, what form of IDs they need, if they're registered to vote, can they register to vote the same day, it's it's getting much easier to fight that. And I think that Right now, what we need to do is we do need to have communities and people themselves organize those individuals around them to find out when is the day to register to vote, the deadline to register to vote. Can I register to vote the day of? Where is my polling place? What's the form of identifications I need? Can I ask for a paper ballot? Does it have to be electronic? Like those are different things that you can do. Can I vote by mail? 
right? Like right now, the the big conversation for 2020 is voting by mail. Yeah. Like, can I vote by mail? Is is this possible because of I'm sick? I'm I'm not living in the state currently. I'm this. I'm that. Like uh, my work schedule, right? Oh, my my employee doesn't let me go. My employer doesn't let me go vote. Like, is that illegal? Can I ask for a sick day? Those kind of things are what we can do to to organize. And I think. A lot of also what happens is sometimes you'll have, like, if you look at, um, I believe, the 4th District, whatever the district uh, Chuy Garcia's in, um, it's basically a U. And it's I've always found it very weird because his entire district is literally pretty much like Western. No, it's like Ashland to, I think it's like 1st Avenue. Only between like 31st till like Roosevelt and then it goes east and then it goes north and then it passes everything between like Roosevelt and like division and then it goes north again. And I don't know what what it is, but that's gerrymandering, right? Back in the day, what would happen is they would populate so that your vote counted less as a person of color why because they understood that people live people of color and this goes to redistricting where they didn't allow people of color to buy homes in certain places and that was because of voting and gerrymandering because they would try to populate the people of color in one place so that they could only vote for their one state representative or their one uh one uh senator uh one congressman or their one city councilman like that's how politics works, right? Because if we have the majority of the population of these people live in this district only, then we don't have to worry about all the other districts and them voting over there. And that's what happens when you have people in power who change and say, no, 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 no. I want to change the voting map and gerrymandering the map so that this population is 80% African-American or 80% Hispanic and I don't have to worry about them voting for this other guy and he can win this district that is 90% this rate or 90% this voting base. And I think that's very important to know too because, sorry, because that um, also affects us. Like that also affects us and that, that that's where we can be more vocal and we can know and you know exactly where we're voting. And like <laughs> I say this jokingly, but I'm still registered to vote in Darien or Downers Grove because I want to vote Democratic in a Republican place. <laughs> like that's that's why I'm still registered to vote there, even though I live in the city. My permanent address is in Downers Grove, and that's only to spite the Republicans who vote there. And um, and yeah, I think it's it's difficult. But like I think what we also have to understand is when people think of voting, they think of president and maybe senator or congressman. They don't think of local elections. They don't think yeah. of sheriffs. They don't think of counties. They don't think of municipalities. They don't think of mayors. Like all these people hold hold high positions, right? And and all these people control more of your daily life than the president does, than state senator, and then uh, U.S. senators do, and then U.S. congressmen do. Yeah. So you have to vote for those people, right? There's a prosecutor in your state that in your district that you don't like because you know he's racist. Vote him out of office. Right. Yeah. There's a there's a sheriff that's been abusing. Look at the the sheriff in Arizona for all those years. Uh, Joe Prio, whatever. That was the most racist sheriff in the history of Illinois. I mean, the history of Illinois, the history of the United States. But he was voting because he was voted by by his base. Mm-hmm. And people just didn't understand that they could choose the fact judges. You vote for you vote for judges in in your area. 
And you're the one that selects judges, that selects state uh, legislators. Like, it's a lot of stuff that people need to realize and need to understand the power that you were given. And people have to remember, these people are public servants, and you are the public. Hold them accountable. It's not any different than how you or I hold employees accountable. Hold your public servants accountable. Because they're here to benefit the public. And if the public doesn't like them, then they will let them know in the voting booths. And it's very, very simple. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, ladies? Oh, hi. <laughs> you guys are doing a great job. I'm just listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, uh, let's hear your thoughts. What do you think about the whole... Well, let's start with our original question. What do you guys think about the, the protests? Don't, don't all go at once. You know? <laughs> yeah. Babe, let's start with you. What, what do you think? Um, it's just really sad, honestly. I've, before we began this podca- um, this episode, um, I had like a huge, massive headache. And like, right. And, and, and then when I saw you guys, like it kind of went away and now it's like starting to like oh. increase again. And I feel <laughs> sorry. I f- no, I feel it's just like there's just so much. It now it's gotten to the point where it's just too much for me to handle. Like, you know, we're stuck at home. I'm always constantly looking at social media, and right now it's just like the pandemic. I thought that was, you know, bad, and now I see, you know, again like the whole killing, you know, innocent people, and it's just. It's so sad. It is so sad, like, what we're living. and But I'm not surprised at the, at the same time, like, you and Compa said, like, I'm not surprised that, you know, all this is happening. But my heart really does hurt. Like, it's just too much going on. Um, as far as the protests um, downtown area, and specifically here in Chicago, I mean, I think Chicago is one of the most beautiful cities. And, like, to see it destroyed... It does hurt me. It's sad, but I think it's even more sadder to see, again, people being killed by other people who are, you know, the people that are supposed to um, protect them. Protect us, yeah. Yeah. And that's even more sad. So, I think protesting is is good. I don't think it's bad, but. Um, I don't know. I honestly, I, I, I don't, I don't know what's good and I don't know what's the best thing here because I don't like to see people, you know, fighting and I don't like to see violence. I don't, I honestly don't like it, but I understand, well, I understand the people as to why they choose to go in that direction because again they've been doing this for years and years and years and it's just gotten to the point where it's like fallen to like deaf deaf ears like it's like you know like no one is listening so like what else like and i honestly like i don't i don't know if you ask me okay so what do you what do you suggest like what's my i I, there is no other suggestion like i don't know what else the only thing i guess what we can look forward to is like voting that's the only thing that I can see that um, 
that's a power that we hold like compa said and hopefully that that's i feel like that's the only thing i guess right now um i do believe that there are protesters out there who truly want to be heard and truly care about this and they're out there for that reason but i also do believe that there's a lot of people out there who are just taking advantage of the situation to go looting for you know their own uh um, bags yeah, yeah for their own desires of whatever a little upset i missed that for their clout is that what you said is that yeah, what they the say yeah the clout bags yeah the clout bags <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i truly believe that there are people out there just for oh, that definitely so yeah. i mean really like once you start hitting again like the small the whole thing with the whole looting what hurts me more and what i feel it's it's i it's just heartbreaking it's to see like the small businesses that like again like the like the the african american that you were talking about um the guy that was um i don't know where he was from that he was like crying out to the protester saying like why me like what did i do like yeah that's sad like i feel like again i agree i think compa's the one who mentioned it like yeah go to the trump tower if you want to burn up you know the police uh what was it the their so buildings headquarters. go ahead like i think those are the those are the places i feel that are best yeah. um not you know the small businesses i feel like you're hurting don't your condone, own people we don't condone burning anyone by the way <laughs> no but you're yeah it's just like it's the I don't know. F- the fact that we have to place a disclaimer there, it's sad, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the world. And also, um, as I was telling um as I was telling Frankie, like before we started, I was like, there's a couple people on my Facebook who have su- like a relative who is um they're police officers. Yeah. And they're like also trying to raise their voice and like, hey, not all of them are bad, like my husband is out there. My wife is out there. My son is out there. Like we want our relative to come back home safe. And yeah. it's sad. It's sad because at the same time, like I, I know that like we all have families, like we all have families and we should all be able to go back home to our relative, you know, to our relatives. Like it's just, it's sad. And, but I, I don't know. I can't say like I fully understand each one because again I don't have a family member who's a police officer and I not like it hasn't happened in my family so I can't say again like I truly understand them but it's it's just really sad yeah I I don't know how else to express myself yeah it's a double-edged sword because as like you said not all police officers are racist bigots right yeah but then again you flip that around and it's like not every african-american male is dangerous there's some people who are like honest well the majority are honest good people who just want to just want to survive just want to live and the fact that they have to go through this bullshit is just it's 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 mind-boggling honestly so like i get i understand both sides i understand both sides completely that's like there's no need for it, but yet we're we're at a stalemate. They've they've hit a roadblock, and mm-hmm. at this point, it just I don't condone the violence. I understand it, but you see why. But I just yeah right, and I would wish it'd be more more of a controlled, mm-hmm. you know, 
more of a controlled rioting, if that makes sense. And I don't know how, I mean, how these protests like started here. Like, I don't know if like they all meet up like at a certain place. I feel like from what I saw yesterday and from what I saw today was like people were like scattered everywhere. I feel like it would be better if like everyone would like stick together or maybe maybe it's just what social media wants us to see. I don't know. Yeah. Um, they need a leader. Compa. <laughs> I'm good, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be, yeah. you know, nicer. I mean, to see, like, you know, everyone. Yeah, and yeah, then again no. with this pandemic, I was going to say, maybe we can, like, you know, everyone can, like, hold arms. Oh, like you want, I you want compa time to lead this. <laughs> oh, shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> it said they can hold arms and they can, like, you know, walk together. Sin just, kumbaya. Shit. No. no. <laughs> I don't think that's going to work. No, I know. It's like this pandemic is just not helping. I don't know. Yeah. How about you, Kuma? What are your thoughts? Um, I definitely agree that it's the es la gota que derramó el vaso. You know, like yeah. it's just. I feel like it was the last straw, right? Um, I understand that when you're out there and you're angry, you're not looking to see who's owned by what, and you're just looking to demonstrate your anger and your frustration and I totally get that I understand that it's not okay to you know just go after the first business that you see but at the same time it's we have to understand that these are people who have been oppressed or witnessed oppression for years on end and not just them but their ancestors yeah. And I had this conversation with Marco yesterday. Um, black Americans did not choose this life. They yeah. did not choose to come to the United States. Mm -hmm. They were brought forcefully on mm -hmm. boats on top of one another. They would die on their way here. They were brought here for the sole purpose to do the work that the white people did not want to do and they were brought here to do it for free so i believe that none of this is their fault or their choice it was all brought on to them yeah. by the oppressor so i have i see absolutely nothing wrong with them going back and finally going against the system I don't I don't think it's fair for anybody no matter what your color is to have to live a life where you're afraid to go out for a run where you're afraid to go to the store where children can't play with water guns outside mm -hmm. and I'm not ever going to understand what that is like we have our own type of oppression but it's never gonna amount to that yeah i agree mm -hmm. but it's still something that we can as people of color with a little bit more privilege it's something that we can educate others about and that we can support everyone who's in the midst of this fight in the last episode, we said some things that ended up being a little bit controversial listening to them after. Um, we said, what's the worst that can happen 
to African Americans as opposed to illegal immigrants if they speak up, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the worst that they can happen is that they can be murdered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as much as did we say that? Yeah, we said what's the worst that could happen to them, right? Because I, I I was saying it is my, but it yeah. is is my expression was um, if I speak up, I could get deported. And we're yeah. like, well, they can't I, be deported, right? I think I think we didn't direct that to African Americans. We directed it to U.S. citizens. What's well, the worst that can happen as a U.S. citizen? Well, to stand well I think up? it was like it was also like a group thing because we were talking about how I think you were talking about how like Africans Americans always speak up right away whenever something mm-hmm. happens to them. I did right. say that. Yeah. But you're wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, Damn, um, but I think yeah, but no, but I think, <laughs> but I do think that. I think after that was said, like uh, when you come on, when you said, um, I mean, I would, I would get deported. And I think Frankie, what he wanted to say was that like as a U.S. citizen, if it came out wrong, I, I but I can see, I can see why, you know, a listener can listen to that and react towards it a different way. So I'm glad you um, brought this up so we can clarify. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I completely meant it as as a U.S. citizen. We need to and stand again, up and you know fight for those who can't, for those who don't it, have a voice. It, it was all purely coincidental, right? We had no idea. Right? No, we yeah. didn't we know that none of this was recording yeah. this, but it just goes to show some of the ignorance. That's yeah. That it's it's so easy to just say. Would you say it's like the normalization? Yes, but it's normalization based on ignorance, right? Like. Or I thought, man, like overexposure. The fact that this happens so much to us in this country that we don't look at it as a strange thing anymore. Yeah. I'm sorry. But for me, no matter how many times I see it, it is always going to be strange for me. For someone who is supposed to protect us to be willing to take somebody else's life, that police officer... Actually, that piece of shit, because he's not even a police officer anymore. That piece of shit. Fuck that guy. Dug his knee in further when George Floyd said he couldn't breathe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can see it clearly on video. And I've I've shared a lot of posts. I have a a lot of black friends. And I am never going to compare my struggles to theirs. So I want I, I want them to know that they can count on me. Um, and I saw one post that said, and I think it was Will Smith who quoted it, that racism isn't new. It's just being filmed now. Yeah. yeah. And thank goodness for that. There's other footage of that video where there are three police officers on top of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Or the new footage where he, they're beating him up inside of the police car before they pull him out and kill him. Like, yeah. oh my God. What gives them the right to just take an innocent life and treat murderers, serial killers like celebrities? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who gets to choose who lives and who doesn't? Who gets to make that decision? It's not it's not a world that I want to live in. It's not a world that I want to raise my children in. Like it's so depressing to see that the people who are supposed to be serving and protecting 
are discriminating and murdering yeah. based on a person's killing. color of their skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is heartbreaking. Yeah. It's 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 sad and it's like you said compa that normalization or i want to call it that uh, i just lost the word desensitization no desensitized yeah because like desensitized yeah there you go because honestly when i first heard about the video it had no effect on me it was like oh this shit again because it's happened so many times yeah. It almost seems like this is going to keep happening and this is normal and it's not. It's like you said, it, this is not normal. The people who are here to serve and to protect us are are the ones killing, killing us. us. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's fucked up and it, it almost seems like we have to start policing the police because yeah. they're the ones that that <laughs> they're the ones idea. That, that we need to fear and it's like what else do we do? That's what somebody did. I thought I saw someone. It was a white guy who said that um, he started filming because he's, he saw some uh, cops stop somebody. So he's like, I'm going to use my white privilege and like make sure that this person goes home. And so he started like uh, filming them or something like that. It was a post. He didn't put a video out there, or at least not one that I saw. But it's something that he like wrote up and he shared it. And I was just like, good. Like, I'm glad that you know you know there there are there are white people out there who yeah. also support this whole the protesting and like this whole movement and i'm glad like i'm really happy but also a point to that filming is not always the answer no like if you're you're getting you're, involved if you're witnessing an injustice yeah don't just pull out your phone and start videotaping or or filming this Get involved. I mean, and I and I don't mean physically. I don't mean getting in that line of fire, right? But I, honestly, I don't know what the solution is. I can just think back to a, a, a video I saw during this whole protest where an officer was mm-hmm. already trying to arrest and beat on a protester. But the rest of the protesters got involved. And... I, I don't want to say that that was the correct action. I mean, they to, didn't to hit him. No, they didn't hit him. They, they were didn't trying hit him. to. They, they were just trying to break him apart, apart so yeah. that you know the, the the protester doesn't get his ass beat and the officer doesn't you know accidentally kill him because he's beating them on the head with a baton. Mm-hmm. So it, it got to a point where the protester just jumped in and like backed the officer away, so that you know the situation wouldn't get any worse, mm-hmm. and. Sometimes I feel, even though I, I don't think it's the right action, but I do feel that maybe it's time to start getting involved. Maybe it's time to start policing the police when you start seeing these injustice and get in there, get in there, get, you know. And again, I, I, I now that I'm saying it, I, I hear exactly how this sounds. This this sounds like I'm trying to bring an uprising against the police but that's not at all what i'm trying to say here i just don't know how else we can stop the situation before there's another you know george floyd well i think where is that line like where do we where do we we mark the line in the sand to say like enough is enough 
but let's stop this before it gets even worse. I think it's it's something that me and you talked about, babe. It's the, like people who quote unquote live in the system, right? Who can communicate with police officers, who can do that? Because like I've I've been beneficial my whole life, where any run in with law enforcement that I've had has pretty much been positive. You know, it's been cordial. I've never had an issue where even if it law, uh, an officer is an asshole, he usually yeah. leaves not an asshole. You know. Typically, most law, most um, officers are assholes because to be a cop, you kind of have to be an asshole. You see a lot of shit yeah. every day, and it's you know there's and a lot of. You never sh- know what you're gonna come across. Yeah, and there's yeah. a lot of shitty people. Like there's a lot of shitty people in the world, mm-hmm. and not everyone's perfect. And not like cops are are these devils. Like yes, there's bad apples and everything, but there's people and there's ways that you can quote unquote like talk to to cops, right? That you can talk right. to police officers. And every time that I've ever spoken with one or every had any interaction, it's been positive. Um, I've been able to either talk my way out of some shit or... Um, get away with nothing, driving without a license. Yeah, like there's times that I just... Whenever I speak with them, it goes back yeah. to working in a restaurant, dealing with it, like drunks and nightclub and stuff like that, to driving in the middle of the suburbs with a woman who was passed out in my front seat with no license. And I think... Um, what else was it? forgot what has happened but literally had no license i pulled a u-turn that and I, passed out woman was me i was asleep that sounded really wrong <laughs> yeah well <Seriously>? i mean <laughs> looking yeah. as a cop we're gonna it's be like, like oh my clarifying. god who did he pick up <laughs> i was i was asleep in the we were coming we were coming back from the movies with you guys or something yeah, yeah but um you know people who can who have that liberty right and and who have that availability to be able to calmly communicate with with both sides should get involved right yeah. People like me should no longer stay on the sidelines. If you can, if you're an individual who knows how to clearly communicate with officers and clearly communicate with law enforcement and people of power and things like that, you should get involved and you should be in between when something like this happens, right? Because what does it take you? It doesn't take anything. It's not like you're going to get into a position where you're going to start tasering the cops or pointing a gun at the cops or anything like that, right? right? You're going to try to defuse the situation. And a lot of times... Cops, just like human beings, have preconceived notions of who an individual is going to be, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They see someone walking down the street. He's a black guy in a white neighborhood threat. He's a Mexican in a white neighborhood threat, right? Right. You can try to de-escalate the situation, and you can try to get involved, and you can try to help however you can. Now, does that go up to him and be like, yo, I'm a fucking cop, racist-ass cop? No, bro. Like, yeah. You're going to make the situation worse because you're going to escalate emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, In this case, you're trying to calm things down, right? This guy's not calming down. He's like, hey, bro, let's take it easy, answer the questions, do this, do that. Because right now, for a lot of people, and I never saw it this way, interactions with police are life or death, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, got, I get pulled over. I never... I never think my first thing is this may be the last five minutes of my life, right? This may no, be yeah. the last the last day of my life. But for some people in the African-American community and the people of color and everything else, this is how they think because of all of everything that's happened. And it's kind of our responsibility now to try to mediate and try to get in that. And I think the other point that I wanted to bring up besides the fact that like cops are people is also... Cops are assholes to different people. And this is where we kind of have to change the system as a whole, right? Why is it that you can go and protest on the uh, st- uh, the stairs of, of a state capitol in Michigan rifles. with rifles? 
yeah. bazookas, handguns, and grenades in your hand and yell in the face of state troopers and nothing happens to you, but you have women of color who go and are peacefully protesting and they're being pelted with rubber bullets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. is it that you have an individual in New York that is running towards police with a knife towards police with a knife and he gets tasered and Eric Gardner is selling cigarettes and gets choked out and killed. Mm-hmm. Why is it like it's, it, you know, same thing here, right? Laquan McDonald, right? Six, 16 shots. Isn't the thing 16 shots? Yeah. 16 mm-hmm. shots. Why is it that him pulling out something that may or may not be a knife at a distance of 150 feet away is seen as a threat that so much you have to use something like a weapon, a gun. Made to kill. Made to kill. You and I yeah. took this class, compa. You pull out that gun, it is because you feel like your life is in danger. And yeah, my friend, absolutely. if a person has a knife, even if it's a fucking machete, and he is 150 feet away from me, I'm not going to feel like I'm in danger until he gets 10 feet towards me. At that distance, I can still use a taser. I can still talk him down. I can still calm him down. And that's where it's systematic racism that needs to be brought out. And at that time, right, Laquan McDonald, uh, Officer Van Dyke, you know, was in CPD for years. He had a lot of of issues. You know, Eddie Johnson was the chief of police who was a black man, right? The mayor was Rahm Emanuel, who was a Democrat. Like, the governor was Browner, which is a matter, but it's <laughs> like we, quote unquote, had Democrats in place and that yeah. still happened. So it's it's a whole systematic transformation. And like you said, Goma, who's in charge of policing the police? And a lot of times people say that to start an uprising and start like people coming out and and going to police stops with guns and video taping and everything else. But I truly believe like there's a system in place where we can have an elected police control board, an elected police overwatch board or supervision board, where if you have one one uh, report against you for police misconduct, you're brought to board. It's a peer of, of actual citizens voted who decide what should be your, your fate, right? What should happen to you? And then the mayor or the chief of police have to confirm it. And that's that's what we can do to try to better it. Because the issue is... People don't feel like police care about them. And the police that I know do care about people. Mm-hmm. So there's a gap somewhere. And I think the fact is there has to be involvement. Like in Minneapolis, right? You cannot tell me you saw someone's life be taken. And you're charging this gentleman with third degree murder four days after it happened when you had 1080p two different camera angles, three other individuals are involved, and you took four days and you're only charging a third-degree murder? Mm-hmm. Jason Van Dyke was charged second-degree murder. That gentleman killed Laquan McDonald. In this case, George Floyd was killed in first-degree murder. There should have been a charge immediately after. You know, the the night when the protest started, they went to uh, the officer's house, right? And, and there was like 100 police officers guarding him and everything else. The city could have saved a lot of money and a lot of property damage by just arresting that motherfucker yeah. and being like, listen, you're going to be arrested and booked, first degree murder, the other three cops, accessory to murders. And that to me is so simple because... The accountability. The accountability. Exactly, yeah. right? 
you have a mayor in 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 Minneapolis who's a 39 year old like young Democratic mayor and everything else. If I was the mayor of Minneapolis, my first thing would have been, okay, listen, the, these th- four individuals are spending the rest of their life in jail or the rest of the term in time for for a long time in jail, right? One of them is going to be charged with first degree murder. The other one's with accessory to murders. They're not going to have any bond. They're going to be blocked away until their their uh, charge or judgment day. And <clears throat> we're going to do a review of everyone in the entire force. And I might even fire the chief of police. Yeah. Because that, that would have been the best thing to do. Because that would have that would have held accountability, and that's what people want, right? Something happens, they want to be held right. accountable, and they want people because the same way not, that we are. It's not going to stop until police police officers see that they can't continue to do this and get away with it. Yeah, right? b- bad police officers. And that's right. like I just came across um, one of my coworkers shared something that apparently Chris Rock said. Oh shit! He said, "I know it's hard being a cop, but some jobs can't have bad apples. Everybody's got to be good." Like pilots, American Airlines can't be like most of our pilots like to land. We just got some <laughs> bad apples that like to crash in mountains. <laughs> it's true. Like you I can't. Mean, yeah. You yeah. can't have bad policemen. There should be more intensive yeah. background checks, psychological checks, like making sure that they're mentally stable and don't teach them that Shoot they're first. first instinct if they feel threatened is to pull out their gun and start shooting there are other ways yeah that's to what de-escalate I, that's what i always ask myself i'm like don't they you know what is it they taser? taser yeah like can't they use that like i why the gun first like do they not i mean i don't know i've never gone to you know <laughs> their academy thing i don't know what the rules are but I'm very curious to know, like, what they tell them. Like, what's the first thing that they can use when they feel like their life is threatened, like, or when they think they need to use some sort of, like, force towards a person, like, the gun? Like, I don't think yeah, so, or I'm, I'm I don't not know. not sure. Compa, you have an edge to Yeah, that? do you know, like... I know a lot of things, guys, but <laughs> 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 in this certain case, I don't because I believe that no matter what they teach uh, police officers, they're just going to go on their, their first thing. They're going to do. Yeah, yeah the whatever they, whatever and they I think. Um, I think my wife is right. I think that there should be, because like, you have to realize something too. Now. I think a lot of people know this, right? To be an attorney, right? To practice law and defend the law and persecute and prosecute people and defend people, you have to study in eight years of higher mm-hmm. education. Mm-hmm. To be a police officer, you have to go to eight weeks of training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the difference that I think that we truly don't understand. And, and and there's something to be said, right? Like, you know, attorneys versus how much a cop makes and everything else. And it's a different, you know, it's a different world, essentially. But right. I think if you want to talk about investing money, I, as a taxpayer, would love to invest in a good police force that would make decisions that would benefit me and my children, my neighbors, and my family. Versus a police force that gets paid a decent amount but is more willing to kill because they don't want to die and they don't aren't trained how to talk people down and we don't invest in their mental health mm-hmm. than to go through what we're going through. And I think yeah. that it's it's sad because you're right, babe. It's just like these guys are just trained to shoot first. And like I said, police officers go through a lot of shit. 
They yeah. see a lot of things day to day. They see the worst people in the world. They mm-hmm. see murderers. They see rapists. They see child abusers. They see um, uh, domestic abusers. They see all of that on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And I understand, right? But I think we need to have more involvement as communities and we need to have more accountability for them, right? No one's going to be upset if a police officer kills a child rapist. No one's going to be upset if they kill, mm-hmm. if they kill a murderer or, or, or some criminal, right? But the, the, the thing that we're upset about is a white man can kill 15 people in a church and get taken out in handcuffs mm-hmm. and treated like an, a human where a man can sell cigarettes and die in the street like a dog. Because yeah. he is black. And that's the difference, right? Yeah. And it's true. It, and like I told you, it's true because it's not only black people. It's people of color. It's Latin Americans. It's Hispanics. Yeah. It's Mexicans. It's, it's any one of us can, that can happen. Like yeah. what, what, what would happen to me, right? If I was hanging out with my cousins in the hood and then for some odd chance, I'm a smart ass and I say something back to the cop as a kid and that shit happens to me, right? Yeah. And it's just like you find a bad cop, you find a bad situation, you find a bad term of events, and boom, that's what happens. Yeah, yeah I completely agree with you. And to um, to go back to what you were saying when you you know when you were pu- pulled over all these times and you were being cordial, um, I think that is the solution because the the entire times that I was pulled over, I never gave an attitude. Yeah. I never, you know, I, n- I never confronted the cop with uh, a negative attitude because I know I knew the consequences. I knew like, all right. And I have a close family friend that w- we like to think of him. Or I like to think of him as uh, an uncle. He's more like an uncle than just a friend. And he's a police officer. And the first thing he tells me is never tell a cop, you know, your rights because that just pisses them off. Telling a cop that, oh, I know my rights, you can't do this. If he wants to, he can make your life a living hell. Mm-hmm. And this was the one thing he always taught me. Because like I said, he's an old family friend, so I knew him for years, probably since I was little. And he would always tell me, like, look, if you ever get pulled over, cooperate. No yeah. matter how much the cop is an asshole to you, cooperate. Because if you, excuse me, if you ever you know, confront a cop and you rub rub him the wrong way and just let it be a, a racist cop, he can make your night a living hell. Yeah. And you don't want that. It's like always, like you have no power against, you know, a police officer. So don't, don't start spewing all this bullshit about, oh, I know my rights and I'm going to call my lawyer and you can't do this to me and you don't have no right to search me because he will remove you from your vehicle in handcuffs and slap your ass in the back of the squad car if he really wants to. It doesn't matter about jurisdiction. And again, to what you were saying, they all have to be assholes because they don't know who they're going to encounter. Um, this the, the same uh, a friend of ours, like I said, uh, he was on a routine uh, traffic stop. And I forgot the reason why he... Uh, he asked for the, the, the driver's identification. It was a two of them. It was a couple. And I believe the excuse was, oh, it's in the trunk of my car. So 
he's like, okay, we'll, we'll come on and get it. Step out of the vehicle, come on and, and get it. It was a matter of seconds that as soon as he opened the trunk, the passenger got out of the vehicle and was he, he already felt something like something was off because he, he felt it kind of suspicious. But the passenger got out of the vehicle and before you know it, they were they were trying to stuff they were trying to stuff the officer in the trunk of the vehicle oh, so in, in the blink of an eye yeah and he said like, it was in the blink of an eye it, it, had i just had i been there just for one second had i just snoozed for one more second they would have actually you know thrown me in the trunk of the fucking car and who knows what would have happened because he said it happened so fast and like i said these people were these people were being cordial. They weren't being, you know, uh, aggressive. They weren't being you know, standoffish. He very nicely opened the trunk of his, car, you know, of his car. He was pretending like he was looking for something, and it wasn't until he saw the passenger get out, and he asked him like, "Ho, ho!" and and that's when he he shifted his attention to the passenger. He's like, "Stay in the vehicle. I'll, you know, I'll be with you in a minute. Just stay in the vehicle." That's when the guy, the the driver, grabbed him from the back. And was trying to throw him in the vehicle, and then the passenger came, and they were both trying to like rush him in. Now he, this guy is, he's three hundred fifty pounds. He's not Damn. fat, but he's built like he is. He's built like a tank. But he's yet, built like Gordo. He's yeah, he's built like a tank, and yet he was struggling. And it wasn't only because backup came at that right precise moment that he was able to like break free and you know they managed to control the situation didn't he get a heart attack yeah he got a stroke because of this he, he after the whole situation he got uh back to the precinct and he just felt his whole left side just numb and i, I believe it was one of his like fellow officers to say hey like your left side of your face is hanging it was like what the fuck and i guess that other you know from the from the scare mm-hmm. from the scare yes. of like holy shit like i was about to be thrown in the trunk of a car so it goes back to what you're saying. Like, cops have to be assholes. They yeah. don't know if they let their guard down. They don't know what can happen. And if they let their guard down for one split second, it could be the worst, right? So they already go into a situation where they have to be assholes to everyone. And again, all the times that I was pulled over, once they got to know that I wasn't a troublemaker, I wasn't up to no good, I was always polite. It's like they say, you always get more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. So most of the majority of the time, they did let me off with a warning. All right, everything's good. Your plates check, your license checks. Turn off the neon lights, turn down the sound, lower the windows, go home, get out of here. And I feel like being standoffish or confrontational just escalates the situation and gives them an excuse. And plus, if you find a person like... uh, this fucking piece of shit cop that, you know, that put his knee on, on George Floyd. If you find one of those cops, I feel like they're just looking for an excuse. They're I, looking for an excuse to to slam you to the fucking ground and choke you. Do whatever they they can because that's that's their pleasure. I agree to an extent. I, um, I clearly remember in... Um, sophomore year of high school when they teach you driver's ed they brought a police officer in to teach us you know what it's like to be pulled over what what is the process what happens 
And he said the exact same thing you just said, right? Like, he's like, if you, if the first words out of your mouth are, I'm sorry, officer, is there something wrong? Nine out of ten times, you'll be off with a warning Mm -hmm. because you give me respect, you're going to get respect. And that has stuck in my mind since then. But he's like, oh, you want to start thinking you're all big and bad? You don't have a blinking, a working blinking light. I can write you up for that. You didn't put on your blinking light when you pulled over. I can write you off for that. Oh, your music's too loud. I can write you up for that. Like they can literally pick and choose whatever it is that they want to write. So I get that. Treat them with respect. Don't fight back. Be cordial. But it's gotten to the point where people of color are pulled over by police and their fight or flight response kicks in. Yeah. Because they are terrified. So at that point, your mind is no longer working. You are either going to fight or you're going to flight. And regardless of what you decide, it's not going to look good for you. Because you fight back, you're dead. You try to run away, you're not going to. Right. So I get it, but it, it I, I really do think it's gotten to the point where unless the system changes, you can be as cordial as you want. It's not it's not going to get any better. But my rebuttal to that is the system is not going to change tomorrow. I understand. The system is not going to change next month. It's taken years and it hasn't changed. It's not going to change in 10 years. So while that change is happening, don't give them an excuse. I understand that I am in no position to say what an African-American goes through on a daily basis i understand that i completely understand that i cannot compare my experiences to theirs but what i'm saying is don't give them an excuse i understand a hundred percent that it is complete bullshit that you have to be driving down a neighborhood and just because you're black you're getting pulled over but that is not a fight you want to get into and that is not a fight you're going to win at the end of the day The goal is to get home safely. We know the system is corrupt. We know that the system is is working against us. We know it's systematically developed to keep the, you know... The oppressed oppressed. The oppressed oppressed, yes. So knowing that, I, I really, like, the only advice I could give or the only, you know, the only light I could see at the end of the tunnel is... Don't give them that satisfaction. Don't give them an excuse for the situation to get out of hand. Yeah. I completely understand. You're pissed. You have, you're doing nothing wrong. You're going home. You're a work, hardworking, earnest person, honest person. You just want to get home. Don't give them an excuse. Don't, don't yeah. give them an excuse to escalate that situation because, like you said, I completely agree. It's, it's fight or flight. Unfortunately, a fight against an officer is mm-hmm. a fight you're going to lose right. 10 out of 10 times. There is no winning. And until the system changes, until we go out and vote and vote the right people in yeah. and vote all these racists out and fire all these bigots. And, you know, and until we change the system to be fair to everyone, I think that's the only solution yeah. is be submissive I, and i know it sucks and i'm the first person to say no fuck the police and fuck you know rules and fuck authority but yet 
when it comes down to it, what's more important, my pride or getting home to my family? Yeah. I think it's different because also we're no longer, you know, alone. Like you and I, you know, we have wives, we're going to have kids and, you know, we're, we're fortunate to be able to make that decision, right. To be able to have that done. But there's also on the flip side, there's also people who no matter if they're cordial, the officer is not going to stop being aggressive to them. And it may be a slight thing that they do. It may be them, you know, appealing to everything. I mean, there was an, the individual, I, I, I don't know his name, but he was shot in his car by an officer when he handed him his documentation because he went into his pocket to yeah. grab his wallet. And he went wow. into his pocket, grabbed his wallet, was shot in his car, and his kids were in the backseat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I remember that one. And this guy, cordial. nothing. And the only, pro- the, the only thing that he did is he was driving while black. Yeah. And that that for instance, that situation stains a lot of good cops out there, right? Yeah. And there's cops who would tell you, you know, there's black cops who say I would never do that. There's Hispanic cops. There's white cops. And no, I would never do that either. But they are complicit by not holding these people accountable and hiding them behind the badge. And I think. That conversation is something that a lot of people don't talk about. The fact that, you know, this these cops, they see themselves as a brotherhood, right? But when your brother fucks up, you got to tell your brother he fucked up. And you got to yeah. bring him and make sure he's accountable. And that's not happening right now. No. And that's not happening because, once again, the people at the top are the same systematic oppression. The same system of, you know, we're, we're just going to do that. We're going to do this. We're going to hide them. We're going to put them in administrative leave and we're going to charge them with second degree murder for shooting someone 16 times. Like it's, it's not until you change the system and you put people like that are, have these progressive thoughts in positions of power that things are really going to change. Right. When you have internal affairs or when you have the, the police union and the police board holding people accountable for their actions instead of trying to hide them and protect them. There's only, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be protecting someone who does something as horrendous as this, right? You know, you, they are a union and they are brotherhood and everything else. But at some point you have to say, you know what? You fucked up and you have to pay the consequences for your actions. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and that's another thing that pisses me off that, you know, I'm glad you said it. This is supposed to be a brotherhood. Yeah. You see a fellow officer choking the life out of a human being and you you just stand there and Mm -hmm. do nothing what the fuck is wrong with you yeah and there's an officer in houston i think he was he was doing anything he's like if that was me i would have choke slammed the guy that was i would have choke slammed that cop to the ground and i would have said i would have put them both in handcuffs i just feel like it would have avoided exactly having someone killed and then having someone you Tell him, jail. hey, it's like, let him breathe. Get him up. If you need it, if you're afraid that he's going to run or try to do it, we're here for backup. We right. got you. Let him up. Let him breathe. He was handcuffed, and there no, was I, four of them motherfuckers. Exactly. Like, so it's not like he was going to go anywhere. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what was what was going through their mind that they couldn't just say, hey, ease up a little bit? They knew what they were doing. No, they. I think genuinely I think they knew what they were doing in the sense of, they were protecting their fellow officer because that's what they've been taught. 
right? You go in, you're indoctrinated into this into the system that okay, no matter what, we we hold we're here for each other, right? I got your back, you got my back. No matter if I fuck up or you fuck up, but and that's not how it should person, be, right? But it was one person. But how, and he was in handcuffs. And, like, I don't understand. And how is allowing him to choke the life out of an individual to the point where you're fired now and now facing murder charges protecting him? Gotta ask that, man. I think I think it's it's a system issue. I really do think it's a system issue. And I think, I think it's something. because they know that they can get away they with get it. Away yeah. with yeah. it yeah. So they're just like, okay, okay I mean, uh, another one, yeah. uh, another one. For them, it's one like... Less, one less black man? Yeah, for them, it's like, yeah. <laughs> final thoughts? Again, I, my final thought is that I think we should end this with silence to honor all those fallen to police brutality based on the color of their skin. That's a fucking great idea. Yeah.